You're listening to Deep Dives with Sharks, a shark podcast focused on shark species, shark safety both for you and the sharks, and news from the past couple weeks. Sit back, relax, it's time to take a dive. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Deep Dives with Sharks. I'm still the host here. My name is once again Alex and I did want to clear up something real quick uh, because I will be clearing things up of course as this goes along as more information comes out and as I find out I may have been a little bit wrong about things. Um, But I did recently learn uh, that shark teeth are used a little bit differently than what I previously had stated, which I mentioned that the larger teeth were more for gripping, and then the smaller teeth were more for impaling. Uh, Now, I wasn't too far off there, but I did recently learn when I was on a shark tour at the National Aquarium yesterday that it pretty much comes with the size of the teeth go with the size of the prey. So great whites have larger teeth to help grab larger prey like seals. Uh, Meanwhile, the great hammerhead has smaller, more pointier teeth, which are better suited for smaller rays or skates, things like that. Uh, So just while I was on the mind, I did want to try to make sure I could clear that up real quick. Um, But going into this episode, that also real quick, that will not be the last time I do that. Um, But going into this episode, I did pull this one once again because I'm really indecisive. Uh, But I put it between the Greenland shark, the tiger shark, and the great white shark, which to my surprise, the great white lost once again. And of course, if you already know what the title of this episode is, we're doing the tiger shark today. So that works. Uh, But of course, if you guys do want to participate in any of the polls I put up, if you want to ask questions or stay up to date on the podcast, you can follow Deep Dives with Sharks on Instagram. Uh, That's where I update most things, and that's where you can be kept up to date on what's going on. I also usually try to announce if I'm a little bit behind on an episode or not, so we'll see what happens there. But Going on to the tiger shark. Now, these are very common types of sharks, uh, one of the many that people often think of when they think of sharks. Now, they may not even know that because a lot of times when you're looking at advertisements for Shark Week or Shark Fest, usually the top three that they're going to show, the great white, of course, uh, they usually show a mako, sometimes a hammerhead, and usually a tiger shark's thrown in there as well, usually going with the four largest predatory sharks. Now, these guys are going to be found in tropical waters all around the world, especially around the equator. But as the seasons change, they like to follow those warm waters, so they'll go a little bit higher, a little bit lower than the tropics. They typically grow between about 10 to 14 feet, which is going to be 3.08 to 4.26 meters, although they can sometimes grow a little bit larger, up to 20 to 25 feet. So that's going to be about 6.09 to 7.62 meters in length. And the tiger shark gets its name from the striped pattern on their skin. Many times you'll see that uh, taking pictures of them. You see a little bit of a darker stripe that goes along their side. Now these are actually going to start off as spots when they are young. So when they're born, they have little spots on them that elongate and become their stripes as they get older. Now as they get even older than that, those stripes tend to fade as do all different color changes with most sharks. So you get a little bit of that consistent gray color all the way across. They also know have what is known as countershading. So that just means that their top side is going to be gray or greenish. And then they have a white underbelly, so that way they have a little bit of camouflage going on. Uh, so that way if you're looking down at them, you'll pretty much see the same color as the ocean below. So it blends in that way, so the dark color on the dark background. And then, of course, if you're looking from below up at them, You'll see that white belly uh, behind the sunlight coming down, so you'll get that white light on the white background, just like that, easy enough. Now, these guys also have very blunt noses, meaning that they aren't as round as other sharks, so it's kind of flat across. This gives them a wider appearance. 
which is going to really be helpful when it comes to maneuvering through the water, especially when turning side to side. Same way that cars do when they have that wider space, they can turn around corners easily. Same thing with the tiger shark here. Guess I could also go into the argument of what shark is the best to ride maneuverability. We have the tiger shark entering the ring. But it is argued that the tiger shark is the fourth largest shark behind the whale shark, basking shark, and great white sharks. Although other sharks, such as the Mega Mouth Shark, Greenland Shark, and Pacific Sleeper Sharks tend to vary in size, it's very hard to determine if they're actually larger than Tiger Sharks or not. Tiger Sharks are just more consistently in the range that I mentioned earlier, so around that 10 to 25 foot range, mostly 10 to 14, but a little bit larger, a little bit smaller here and there. Now, they also have the largest known variety of food that they eat among all sharks. Uh, this includes fish, crustaceans, cephalopods, marine mammals such as dolphins. They'll also eat sea turtles and even other sharks. They've been described as the garbage cans of the ocean, as well as the billy goats of the ocean, because they pretty much eat everything except for humans. Although, according to ProMega.com, human remains are found far more often inside tiger sharks than any other species of sharks. Now, most of the remains that are found, they're found after the person has died, usually due to drowning, um, but uh, I remember reading years and years ago, there was some case where there's foul play and there was like an arm and a leg that were found, but they weren't ripped off by a shark. But anyway, uh, there are many stories that remains have been found inside tiger sharks, and the most recent I could find was actually about a month ago, which took place on November 12th, and this was in the United Kingdom. Uh, but as of doing research for this episode, they didn't say if the person was dead before or after being consumed. Uh, but looking at all the other stories I saw, pretty much all of them said that people were either drowned or something else had happened, and then the tiger shark just kind of ate what was there. Um, so... I'm not saying it's impossible that the tiger shark may have accidentally killed someone, but it is possible that the person drowned and then they were eaten that way and I did not see anything as of recording either. Uh, but going off of them eating everything, they also do uh, find plastic bags and other sort of microplastics, things like that, inside the stomach of tiger sharks, which is a very common reason that they die. Uh, the same thing happens to whale sharks. Uh, so real quick here, gonna do a quick call to action here. But when you're at the beach, just pick up any trash that you see. Uh, usually there's a trash can nearby. Every beach I've been to seems to have them. Uh, I mean, I'm actually planning on bringing a grocery bag along next time, and uh, last time I was at Clearwater, there was just some pieces of, like, a old, like, beer six-pack holder that were uh, floating around. I just kind of kept grabbing them, because some of the fish nearby were even nibbling on it, too, and it's not good for them, so... Uh, but getting any of it out of the way, small wrapper, anything like that, straw paper, anything like that is just going to help to make sure it doesn't go into the ocean or into the gulf, anything like that, uh, even in any bays, so that way it doesn't end up in the stomach of a fish, because that can make a huge difference, uh, be a huge issue, so just feel like picking it up, do it. Um, but going back to teeth, uh, their teeth are more triangular with serrations along the side. This helps to break and rip through prey especially the sea turtles that were mentioned before. These sharks do have the ability to bite through their shell, which I imagine is probably pretty crunchy. Uh, now, tiger sharks are one of the only few shark species that I know of off the top of my head that eat sea turtles. Um, I do need to look more into that because I'm not sure if great whites do, and eventually once we get to that episode, we'll find out. Um, but this one is just one that I'm not really sure of. I'm pretty sure tiger sharks are one of the only ones I've heard of that eat sea turtles. Now, Similar to the other sharks that we've mentioned on this podcast, they have sensors in their nose, uh, which I realize I've never 
mentioned what they're called. Uh, I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation as well. But they're called the Ampule of Lorenzi. Uh, they get their name from the Italian physician Stefano Lorenzi in 1679. Uh, and he was the one that was kind of the first one to notice that sharks had these sensors there. Uh, which was something I actually learned while doing this episode myself. But... Unlike other sharks, tiger sharks also have sensors that go all uh, down all along their flanks, uh, which is going to be the length of their body. It's called the lateral line, um, and this is going to help to depict, de detect, there we go, detect uh, small vibrations throughout the water, which is going to help to hunt prey, uh, let them know where they are, and especially if they've already swam past and it tries to scurry away, they can kind of feel that going through their body, and they can go and get that there. Now, these sharks, of course, are also not uh, themselves without being hunted. Uh, so they're hunted by orcas and other larger sharks, such as the great white. And they're also frequently caught for their fins, as are other sharks. But tigers are also caught for their skin and their liver, too, which has a very high concentration of vitamin A. Which, I mean, I'd say just go for the pills instead. Anyway, um, but... <clears throat> They're currently listed as near-threatened, although it was noted that uh, population numbers were declining, so they may be loaded as threatened pretty soon, and maybe even um, not extinct, but endangered. There we go, that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, but these sharks are also more likely to bite humans than others, uh, but this is for a couple reasons. Uh, the only one that bites them far more is the great white, uh, and this is because of their food variety that is close to the coast, uh, it also is going to be how close they get to the coast as well, and tourism appeal gives them a lot of interactions with humans. Uh, so there's a correlation there, of course, the more you see the shark, or the more humans that interact with it, the more likely someone's going to get bit. Uh, so this is also why you don't see a whole lot of bites when it comes to the goblin shark, because they're miles below the surface. So the tiger shark, usually found closer to beaches, usually you can free dive with them. Also, more frequently, you're going to get bitten by a tiger shark, or you're more likely to, I should say. There's no guarantee you're going to get bitten by a shark. Um, but with this as well, it's still very, very rare to get bit by a shark uh, in any case. Now, it's not impossible, but once again, it's why I always tell you to just be vigilant, uh, make sure you know what's going on around you, uh, just so that way you notice what's going on. Uh, now, the largest fish also caught in Ocean City was actually a 1,210-pound tiger shark, and that was caught back in 1983. There was a story, though, that back in September, there was a swordfish that was caught, and they thought it would challenge the record, but it only came out to 933 pounds, so not quite the tiger shark still wins. Another thing to mention about tiger sharks is that there is a good chance that in your lifetime you have been swimming with a juvenile tiger shark and have not known it, uh, especially when it comes to Ocean City. Another thing that was mentioned on the shark tour yesterday is that the murky waters there, it's very hard to see, and there's a great chance that juvenile sharks were around you and you did not have a clue. So with that, not something to be afraid of. It's just kind of something to show that however many times you've been in the water, there's a decent chance. Now, I can't say that chance is 100%, but they usually don't mess with us. So, a little fun fact there. But that is what I have for the tiger sharks for this week. And going on to the shark safety part, we are going to be looking at how to safely swim with sharks. Now, this is something I briefly mentioned, especially when I was talking about whale sharks, as I had swam with them too. Uh, all this information I got from aquamobileswim.com. But I came up, uh, this question also came up on Instagram too. I ran a little poll there as well, a uh, little question tab just to see what sorts of things you guys want to hear about. Um, and this is one that came up. But uh, this is one I really hadn't considered until I did swim with whale sharks myself. Uh, and 
it was very controlled, I'd say. Now, mind you, it was still out in the ocean, but it was felt more controlled environment. It didn't feel like I was just kind of out there and something happened and all of a sudden there's a whale shark. Like, I paid for that experience. I, I should have seen a whale shark, and I did. But with this, there was, they gave us the rules multiple times over. There wasn't a time where I felt unsafe, even when there was a whale shark between us and the guide. So it wasn't really a time I felt terrified there. Um, I mean the whole time I did, but I didn't really feel in danger. I was more like, oh my God. But <laughs> with this, uh, now also that's because uh, they had the number one rule which came out, uh, which was for a whale shark, don't go within five feet of it. And then also give it an extra foot, foot and a half for its tail. So they made sure to drill that into us in the van uh, when we were getting on the boat, even before we got on the boat. So many times that day they mentioned to make sure you stay away from its tail and make sure you don't touch the fish. Easy enough. But I say that if you're going to go swimming with sharks, uh, rule number one, I'd say utilize a company that's going to do it. Uh, some sort of eco-friendly uh, tourism guide would be fantastic, uh, especially because they're going to make sure they can keep the sharks safe and they can keep you safe. But this, mind you as well, also might mean that they encourage you to not wear sunscreen, uh, as was the case when we went uh, snorkeling with whale sharks. And let me tell you, I was a whole lobster after that day. But... With this, make sure you're listening to what your guide tells you. Now, they're going to be the ones that are the shark experts in this case. I don't care how much you've been listening to this podcast. They're the ones that are trained in that shark you're going to be dealing with. I look this up on a week-by-week basis. So I feel like I know a lot about sharks. I throw a lot of my own information into this as well that I've known previously, either from Shark Week or from uh, Shark Fest or from research I've done in the past. So a whole lot of things there. But they're going to be the ones that deal with that shark day in and day out. So definitely listen to what they have to say. And if they say anything differently than what I said, listen to them. They're going to be the ones that are going to keep you safe. Now, this also means you should do your own research as well. Now, I recommend looking into the company that you're getting with first too because you don't want to get there and realize that it's going to be a bad experience or that they're going to do something that is possibly going to harm the shark. You want to make sure you're going to get one of those eco-friendly tours as I mentioned earlier. And also making sure that you know what type of sharks you're going to be dealing with, the behaviors that they showcase, everything like that. Uh, Once again, so that way you are not going to be confused or lost or if anything goes sideways, you're not going to feel trapped, lost, confused, anything like that. You're going to have a good idea of what is going on. But uh, with this as well, uh, make sure you're looking at common behaviors, warning signs, other indicators that the shark may be agitated or about to strike. Usually the group will know these signs and they'll let you know. Uh, they'll be monitoring as well. I've never really heard of any situation where a tour group throws someone into the water with sharks and then doesn't really know what's going on. So making sure that you're aware of that as well. But you also want to utilize the buddy system. Uh, now, couple things to mention with this we don't want to have a large group so if you know that you're going to be snorkeling or swimming with sharks you want to keep it to two or three you don't want to be too too many because then you might be confused to be a large fish and then that can attract large sharks so being careful there you also want to make sure you're not wearing anything shiny uh, anything that's really brightly colored as well nothing that contrasts too too much all this are different things that sharks look for on fish and they'll be more likely to go after you at that point uh, thinking that you are a sick injured fish something like that but you also want to make sure that you have communication hand signals beforehand so that way you can say hey warning there's a shark behind you because it's going to be hard to communicate via when you're underwater because that doesn't really work as well than pointing and then making a shark fin 
That way they know, oh, there's a shark that way. So this way you can actually communicate rather than just spitting bubbles at each other. But you want to also try to remain calm when you're swimming with sharks. Now, this is something very easily said than done, uh, but rapid movements tend to catch sharks' attention. As I mentioned earlier, they like to go for injured fish, an easy catch, anything like that. So usually fish that are injured are rapidly moving, trying to get out the way, or even fleeing fish are trying to rapidly cut and turn, so that way the shark can't follow them. But all this catches the shark's attention. So when you're making all these rapid movements, it's now going to think that you're a fish. It's going to turn to you. A little bit of an issue there. But... You also want to avoid swimming around other mammals, such as dolphins. Uh, this shark may confuse you as one of them as well. And of course, because you're not going to be swimming as well as a dolphin is, which is not a dig at any of you, it's more of a dig at the fact that dolphins live in the ocean and swim for their literal life. But with this, they're going to swim better than you. So in that case, you want to make sure that you're not swimming nearby because you're going to look like an injured dolphin at that point, and it's probably going to try to go after you at that point if it's looking for an easy meal. <clears throat> but you want to also avoid times when sharks are more frequently to hunt, such as dawn and dusk. They are the two popular times that sharks enjoy hunting. Now, you are essentially going into a shark's home, uh, so you want to be smart about it. You wouldn't really go to John Wayne Gacy's house for a sleepover. It's not the best idea. Now, that joke was brought to you by my love for true crime. Probably will not be the last one I give, but, you know, we'll get there. But this is also why you might, should do research into the species that you're looking into or you're about to do it with because if not, it's going to be a little bit harder. Because, of course, if you think, oh, well, all sharks hunt at dawn and dusk, not all do. So there's some that like to hunt during the day, some that like to hunt during the night. It's all different times. So if you think, okay, I'm going to jump in with a tiger shark. Now, they tend to hunt a little bit in lower light. So they're going to be a little bit more uh, dawn and dusk, but they do range as well. So with this, you want to be careful making sure you're not going to go, especially when they are hunting. But you want to make sure you're not going to follow sharks if they're swimming away as well. This is seen as predator behavior. So if a shark feels threatened, they usually will fight back. Now, this is the same way that humans feel threatened, they fight back. So, same deal there. They're going to sit there, and they're going to turn around, see you following them, and then they're going to bite. So you want to be careful, not follow them, hope one comes back. Usually if they're curious about you, they're going to turn around, come back anyway. But if you have a question, uh, you want to make sure that you ask it to the tour guide as well. Don't go into this thinking, oh, well, I'll get it figured out when I'm underwater or while I'm snorkeling. Bad time. Do it beforehand. Even if it seems like a really dumb question, there's a good shot. Someone else on your tour also has that question. Now, I did also get asked a question this week by the good guy, Gabe. Uh, this was also on the Instagram, so feel free to follow there. Uh, but <clears throat> the question was, that it was also addressed on the website here too, but does an open cut actually attract sharks? Now this is going off of uh, does blood attract sharks? It does. Now sharks have a really uh, keen sense of smell and they can smell a little bit of blood from a mile away. Now I couldn't find an exact amount, uh, so it's not really a good science that I could find on that, but I do know that there have been many, many, many many theories uh, that sharks can detect a quart of blood up to a mile away, so quite a bit there. Uh, but they also can detect small amounts there, a uh, wide area, so if you're bleeding at all, just probably check with your instructor if you should get in. Now, I don't know if this qualifies for like a hangnail start of bleeding, or if they're talking about like, oh, you've got a whole cut going, like just be careful there. Uh, you don't want to attract sharks that way. Another common misconception though is that urine 
or pee will attract sharks. That is false. False, uh, very, very false. Uh, the sharks do not, uh, there's nothing in pee that attracts a shark. So you can soil your wetsuit as much as you'd like, although I don't think the dive company would very much like that. Um, but with this, uh, just one last thing to mention, just make sure you don't cover yourself in fish oil, sardine juices, chum, barbecue sauce, anything like that that seems like a really bad idea. Just simply don't do it. Uh, if it seems like it's bad, just don't. I mean... Sometimes you think you don't have to say it, but in case you were like, this will be funny, it, it won't. Um, but there's also a great question that Gabe asked uh, as well that I'm going to address next week because it was really good and deserves its whole own segment. So I'll be talking about that, and you'll have to tune back in to figure out what that was. But that is what I have for the shark safety part. And now we're going to go on to the shark news. Now this one I did three because the first two were kind of a bummer, so a little bit of a warning there, uh, but the last one, more hopeful, so we'll go that way. But the first one that I have is that a pregnant shark washed ashore in Massachusetts and had four developing embryos, which scientists called a rare find. Mouthful of a title right there. So a shark washed up on a beach in Massachusetts, why can I not say that state, but which seems to be a common headline these days. Instead of being a great white, it was actually a poor beagle, which is one of my favorite sharks, which I I'm now realizing I say about many, many sharks, but it's just very hard to narrow it down. The shark, uh, the science, the shark said, the scientist said that uh, finding a pregnant, pregnant female in general is a very rare find. Uh, sharks that wash up on shore usually aren't pregnant. Uh, they really didn't elaborate too much on that, so cool. Um, but finding a pregnant female, a uh, poor beagle as well, is also apparently very rare as they tend to be more elusive than other sharks. But this shark did not have any obvious injuries except for mating scars that were a few months old. Uh, but other than that, they said there were no apparent issues. They also were able to find four developing embryos, uh, which was interesting as they also, uh, the way that poor beagles feed their young uh, is that they will continue to ovulate while they are pregnant. And then as the egg comes through, the little baby embryos will eat those eggs. So kind of interesting there. But scientists believe that the shark was cold-stunned, which led to her death. Although they are warm-blooded, they still have to follow warmer waters. Uh, so many sharks are cold-blooded, so that's why you'll notice that many are tropical. But some sharks are going to be warm-blooded, so they can handle cold water. But sometimes when it goes rapidly from warm to cold, it makes it a little bit more difficult for them to survive. Next one, not quite as... I, I'd say this is a really sad one, honestly. But the title of this one is that the Hawaii search ends for the Washington State snorkeler missing after shark spotted. That was reported by Yahoo News as well as many other sources. Now, a 60-year-old woman was snorkeling with her husband when he reported that he saw a shark go by quickly a few times and then did not see his wife. He made it back to the shore where he stated a 10 to 12-foot tiger shark was spotted and then that was also backed up by others. Uh, and then he reported his wife was missing. After a few days, they called off the search when they could not find the shark or any signs of the woman. Now, other uh, sites had reported that parts of her bathing suit and snorkel were found on the beach, although that was not consistent among all the sources. And this is a really tragic, sad, unfortunate situation. And it could happen, which is why we do the whole shark safeties part. Uh, it's also to keep people safe, uh, try to get rid of some of these misconceptions 
there are a lot of reasons that this could have happened, but I don't think we're really ever going to know because the only two people that were there were the woman and her husband. So because we don't really have any other outside sources, there's really not too much we can know here other than he said he saw the shark go by and then his shark his shark was missing. His wife was missing. Um, but with this, I don't think we'll ever know why. Um, I mean, there's a whole lot of things that could be going on here. And I mean, all I can mention is just stay safe, stay vigilant. Um, I mean, that's what I tell you every time. And just be aware. Now, there's a good chance the lady got bit by the shark and couldn't make it back to shore. There's a good chance that something else happened. We don't really know. So all I'm going to say is this isn't a call to freak out or anything like that. So this is more of a just be aware because as much as I tried to promote sharks as gentle, just curious animals, they are also still capable of being incredibly powerful and causing some serious damage. So just please, please be careful. But because I cannot end on a sad news story, we're going to be going on to a promising one. So to end this one, we have the ocean cleanup to end the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, which is reported by Design Boom. Now, for those of you that are unaware, there is a massive garbage patch in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and it's said to be larger than the state of Texas, which is a huge problem, because for those of you that do not know, Texas is one of, if not the largest state. So the fact that there is a massive garbage patch in the ocean, that's a problem. Now... There are many companies that are trying to tackle that issue, including 4Ocean, Cove USA, and the one that we're talking about today, which is simply called the Ocean Cleanup. Now, the Ocean Cleanup has multiple systems that help to capture trash through a net system, and it gets wider and wider with each update. So, their 003 system will span 2,500 meters, or 8,202 feet, which is insane so it can pick up so much more garbage and then it also has this happen so much quicker now their net also drags a lot farther back so it can carry more and more out the design is more of a u shape so it helps to catch everything in the mouth of the net and then drag it to the secondary net that is holding all of it where it will be emptied back on shore now this is said to get rid of about 90 percent of it hopefully within the next couple years which would be absolutely massive because that is one of the major issues that is causing a lot of climate change and everything like that so trying to get rid of trash in the ocean massive but that is what i have uh for this episode feel free to donate to any of those charities that i mentioned earlier uh, buy their products anything like that it all helps benefit uh as i mentioned earlier also pick up any trash you see at the beach if you're feeling like it or if you think your beach needs more trash cans Write someone, tell them that. Tell uh, the mayor of the town that it's there. Um, I don't know who the mayor of Ocean City, Maryland is, but I think we actually have a decent amount of trash cans there. But if I'm wrong, please make sure to go yell at that person. Uh, but with this, I want to thank you all for listening. Um, also, one thing to mention, too, I did look at the Spotify wrapped that they sent me um, for this podcast, and it's kind of insane how many of you listen to this podcast so thank you for that in the beginning um but also the fact that this was in the top 10 podcast for a handful of you and even the top podcast for some of you is baffling so thank you very very much i cannot thank you enough for that uh be sure to follow the instagram uh deep dives with sharks we'll all run polls uh, as i mentioned i ask questions there everything like that so you guys can get involved there too if you have any questions comments anything like that feel free to give that a uh 
ask that there too. Um, but with this, we also have ratings on Apple and Spotify. Feel free to do that there. And also we are officially on Amazon Music as well. So if you'd like to listen to us through an Alexa or anything like that, all I have to say is the name of the device and then play Deep Dives with Sharks and you'll be able to listen to my voice anywhere in the house. But thank you guys for listening. I cannot wait to do the next one and I will see you there. Take care.